On today's episode, Eddie and Webby legally change their names to Yanny and Laurel. This is the Eddie and Webby Podcast. Oh, hey, how's it going? This is Webby, not Eddie. And I'm Eddie, and this is our fourth podcast. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Episode number four. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel very fortunate that we have enough demand to be doing episode number four. What about you? I agree. I am very fortunate for that. And, uh, yeah, and if, if I were any other YouTubers out there, I would, uh, I would take notice because uh, we are a force to be reckoned with. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Love it. Um, we are a but force. Yeah. Um, oh, on a side note, um, have you played much four tonight lately? <laughs> I haven't, but I would like to. I am fortunate to be able to play Fortnite fairly often, but I haven't played much lately. Nice. Um, but actually, speaking of Fortnite, I had the best game of my life last night. I got number one in solo mode. Oh, yeah. With nice. eight kills. How did you arrange it to where you were only playing with like newbies and, and 10 year olds? Oh, come on now. Come <laughs> on now. That's a low blow. I, don't, don't take this from me. This is a, a huge moment in my life. Yeah, that is pretty good. I don't think I've ever gotten above eighth place, so that's a pretty good accomplishment. I don't know if you have been online much lately, but uh, Twitter has been blowing up with comments that people have directed towards us. It has, huh? All right, so I'm pulling up Twitter as we speak, and I see something here uh, from Huey, Dewey, Lewis, and the News. Um, They say, if it's hip to be square, at Eddie and Webby are the hippest squares on the block. Nice. That's very nice of them. Yep. Thank you, Huey. Um, we've got another one here from Tom Greenish Blue. Um, he says, Pickleball Anthem has got to be the greatest musical composition since the Bum Bum song. Please do more music videos at Eddie and Webby. My bum is on the Swedish. <laughs> Swedish. Well, that, I feel like that's a pretty good company to be with uh the bum bum song and uh the pickleball anthem i mean that's i take that as an honor and uh actually tom greenish blue um just stay tuned because we do have some more music videos in the works yep well let's go with one more here um here's one from mick and rorty 69 why is the channel still called Eddie and Webby when Eddie never even does videos anymore. Hashtag Webby and Webby. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. I haven't posted a video in quite a while. There's been a lot of reasons, but ultimately it's just sometimes other things in life get busy. But I get it. It's very true. There will be more videos very soon, though. I promise. Nice. I think that's some pretty good uh, Twitter comments you got to read there. Thank you, Webby, for that. As you guys all know, because you've watched all the other three podcasts, you know the format. We talk about beer, we talk about technology, and we talk pickleball. This is the part of the show where we talk about beer. Uh, Webby, yes. would you like to uh, to let us know what beer we are going to be reviewing today? Uh, yes, yes I would. As a matter of fact, I have a beer with me, and this beer is called... Space Dust IPA from Elysian Brewing Company. Nice. 
Is there any particular reason why we are trying this exact beer today? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, there is. We had a comment on a previous video of ours, and that comment is from Bill Kaisel. And he said that we should try this beer because he thinks it's a good one. And here we are. We're trying the beer. You know, we've been saying in a lot of our shows that if you leave a comment, it's very likely that we'll be doing that beer. And here we go. We have an example from Bill Kiesel from Memphis, Tennessee. Kaisel. So as mentioned, as Webby said, this is Space Dust by Elysian. Um, let's go ahead and pop the tops on these Webby and let it breathe a little bit before we pour it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the brewery. Uh, Elysian was founded in 1995 in Seattle, specifically the Capitol Hill neighborhood. I don't know what that means, but it's important to point out that it was in Capitol Hill. Now, this is a little bit of a controversial beer. And Webby, do you know why it is controversial? Uh, I have no idea whatsoever. Why don't you tell us? In 2015, Elysian Brewing was sold to Anheuser-Busch, a.k.a. AB InBev, uh, which means that this brewery is no longer considered a craft brewery, uh, according to some groups out there. So like a lot of breweries have done in the past five to ten years, they sold to AB InBev. Now, personally for me, I don't really care. As long as they make good beer, that's all that really matters to me. Would I have rather them have stayed local and you know, possibly not sold to a large conglomerate like AB InBev? Absolutely. But if they make good beer, who cares? What do you think about that? Yeah, that's how I am too. I, I really don't care. Um, if As long as the beer tastes good, I'm, the chances are I'm going to buy it and drink it. Right. That's good. A couple other beers to note from Elysian is their Dayglow IPA. And their Dragon's Tooth Stout. Have you ever had any other beers from Elysian before? I don't believe I have. If I did, I didn't realize it because the name of the brewing company doesn't sound that familiar to me. So I, I don't recall ever having anything of theirs. Yeah, I don't either. In fact, this is the first Elysian beer that I have ever had. Uh, and this is my first time trying it. So I'll be trying it live with all of our fans out there as well. Nice. Uh, let's go ahead and pour the beer. And as we do, we're going to talk a little bit about the beer itself. I'm a little uh, bit of a rebel, and I already poured my beer about oh, uh, 45 seconds to a minute ago. So, okay. yeah, well, I do what I want. Good job. Appreciate that. Uh, let's talk about the description of this beer. According to the website, the hopping is pure Starglow Energy with Chinook to Bitter and Late and Dry Editions of Citra and Amarillo. So what that means is they used Chinook early in the boil to get a lot of the bitterness, uh, but they did Late and Dry Hop Editions of Citra and Amarillo to get a lot of the flavor and aroma from it. This qualifies under BJCP Category 22A, which is the double IPA. It comes in at a whopping 8.2% ABV. And that's what takes it from like an American IPA to a double A IPA. It is 73 IBUs, international bitterness units, which means it is a pretty hoppy beer. As you know, we always start with the appearance. Uh, for me, I'm definitely getting a nice ambery gold kind of color, maybe a little bit of copper tones to it. I don't know if you're getting the same there, Webby. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say I would describe it as golden in color. I'm noticing it is very clear. Yeah, I'm surprised actually just how clear this beer is. I was expecting 
a little bit of haze to it, but this is crystal clear. Yeah, it is. Nice. Uh, I would say this has got to be the clearest IPA I can recall seeing. Yeah, definitely. Is that uh, is that a good thing, or is, what does that mean? Typically, the clearer the beer means the longer that it has been sitting or aging so that a lot of sediment comes out of solution. Uh, it could also mean that they add some finings in the brewing process to make a lot of stuff come out of solution. Uh, it depends, but having a clear beer is not necessarily an indication of really any flavor or you know aroma to it. It just means that it's a clear beer. Gotcha. Okay. Now we go into the aroma. Let's check it out. Give it a little sniffy sniff. I chose to put my beer in a little snifter glass, so that way I can definitely focus the aroma right onto the nose. Uh, to me, it's surprisingly tame. Like I feel like it's not uh, not very strong in aroma. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that this is the kind of beer that needs to warm up a little bit to get a lot of the aroma out of it. Uh, so I bet you in about two to three minutes, it's probably going to warm up. I actually have my hands around the glass itself to try and warm it up a little bit so that we can actually get some of those aromas to come out. But I'm definitely getting some like tropical fruit, very citrusy. Uh, but surprisingly, also very florally, too. I, I, I was expecting it to be all tropical fruit and citrus, but there's a lot of floral aroma coming through as well. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. It's just uh, I, I'm like very surprised at uh, how much it's lacking in strong aroma. Yeah. Especially for a double IPA. I would like I always consider a double IPA to be stronger in every way, like scent and taste. Yeah. Sometimes when you get the higher alcohol beers, the higher alcohol can actually kind of overcompensate or overshoot some of the aromas, uh, okay. of aromas and flavors. That makes sense. Uh, but I, I don't know if that's the story here. I just think that the beer has to warm up a little bit. Let's get into the flavor, though, the best part. Ah, uh, yes. You got to go ahead and uh, definitely gargle this one, Webby. <laughs> uh, almost choked a little bit on that gargle. That was a bad gargle job. <clears throat> Anything standing out to you in the flavor? I am very surprised at how smooth this thing is. For a double IPA, um, it is very smooth. It's got a little bit of that hoppy bitterness, but not, not overly so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think that... What I was expecting to come through in the flavor would have been a lot more hops kind of slapping you in the face, especially with Citra and Amarillo. They do give you a lot of that citrusy kind of tropical fruit flavor, and I'm not getting a whole lot of that right now. That could also be some of the reason that we're not getting a lot of hops in the aroma. Now, if this beer was brewed and has been sitting on the shelves for a long time, that could play a role into that. It could also be why it's so clear. As beers sit, a lot of the hop aroma and flavor start to dissipate a little bit. So it could just be that this beer was brewed quite a long time ago, and a lot of that has fallen out of solution, which is also leading to such a clear beer as well. But it's hard to say exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I, um, I'm surprised at how little flavor it really does have. Yeah, but um, honestly, I, I don't think it's, 
definitely not a not a bad beer. It's very mm-hmm. smooth. Um, I could easily drink this. Um, I just don't know if it's one that I would prefer over all of the other great IPA choices out there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's just touch briefly on the mouthfeel. I'm definitely getting a very smooth texture to it. Uh, mine's about medium high carbonation level, which I was, I was surprised by. I was expecting this to be like a medium carbonation and it seems to be a little bit more carbonated than I would have expected. I do, uh, see quite a bit of bubbles floating to the top here. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm getting a little bit of that alcohol warming. I don't know if you're getting it on your side, but I'm getting that as well. And like you said, definitely expected. All right. Overall impression, Webby? Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, uh, it's very smooth. If I want an IPA, but not something overly hoppy, um, I could see picking this up. I, I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, if I did want something a little on the hoppier side, a little bit more with that hoppy bitterness, a little more flavorful, I would probably pass this one up. Um, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to getting this again in the future if I just want something a little on the smoother side. What about you? I do think it's a good beer. I think that you can tell it's very well brewed. Everything is balanced. There's no off flavors or there's nothing really bad in the brewing process that I can pick up that happened. I honestly think that this beer just sat for a long time on the shelves or before it you know, made its way to my house. And that's why a lot of the flavor and aroma dropped out and why it's also so clear. I bet you if you drank this beer within you know a couple weeks of when it was bottled and sent out, it would probably taste completely different. There are a lot of other IPA choices out there that I would choose over this one, but uh, I'm still enjoying it, though. Good. Well, you know what we do next, and that is we ask, are we going to chug? To chug or not to chug? That is the question. Yep. What do you think? This would definitely be the strongest thing that we've chugged as far as the uh, alcohol content. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling frisky. I say we go for it. All right. What do you think? Hey, if you, I'm not going to back down on the challenge. So (laughs) if you want to do it, we'll do it. I say we do it. All right. YOLO. Am I right, folks? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Ziggy, zuggy, ziggy, zuggy. Oi, oi, oi. Three, two, one, go. Oh, my God. (sighs) Whoa. Yeah, good thing we don't have to drive anywhere tonight. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, Bill, for the suggestion. And if anybody else has any other suggestions, go ahead and pop them down in the the comments below. And as you saw here, there's a very good chance we will take your suggestion. Absolutely. Okay. Well, great review. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. Now we're going to move on to the tech section. And usually we talk about a product, we review it, we give our opinion on it, or you know, talk about something tech-related. This mm-hmm. is tech-related, but a little bit different. And really what I wanted to, uh, to go into today is to interview Webby on his previous video production experience. I know that Webby has uh, quite a bit of background in video production, And I thought it would be a really good idea for the podcast for us to be able to talk about it. What do you think about that, Webby? Let's do it. 
Cool. What do you got? What do you got for me? So, how long have you been involved in video production and editing? So, professionally, I started doing video production in the year 2000. Um, but before that, I was dabbling in video production just at home. I would shoot stuff and then edit it just by connecting two VCRs to each other. And it was horrible. It took forever. But I did it and I still enjoyed it. That's what caused me to go to school for it. I graduated from a video trade school in the year 2000, and I worked professionally in the video business for over 10 years. So you have both linear and non-linear editing experience. Do you feel like that linear editing experience gave you kind of a, a leg up or a great base for when you got into computer-based non-linear video editing? Absolutely. I think, uh, like, I'm, I feel very fortunate that I got into it during the linear era, but it was also at the time where it was transitioning into the digital era. I have more respect and appreciate the editing process by having to do the linear process. It was a lot more time consuming. You had to pre plan things a lot more because when, you, when it came to linear editing, if let's say you started editing up to a certain point, and then you realized halfway through what you already edited, you wanted to change something. Anything from that point on had to be redone because with the with the video tape to tape editing, you couldn't just easily like replace one scene with something. You couldn't just move one section of video over, slide something else in, and then bunch it back together. Um, you just you had to redo it from that point on. So you had to pre-plan a lot of things out. Um, whereas now with the digital editing, you can just do whatever you want. You could edit a whole thing and then decide to just drop in a few things here and there. And it's a piece of cake. So out of all the different video productions you've been involved in, um, what is your most favorite type of video production? Um, I would say things that are fun, like scripted skits, uh, fun type things or even documentaries uh those types of things are, are very fun i've done a lot of live events and then edited those afterwards like such as weddings and things like that and corporate parties and those are fun but i i prefer the things that you have to plan out ahead of time um it's fun creating a timeline and then seeing the finished product finally like once you have the idea and then seeing it through to the end it's a, a very rewarding process so that type of stuff I, I really enjoy. One second. <clears throat> okay. Nice. So you've been kind of involved in all aspects of video production throughout the years. You know, do you prefer directing, acting, filming, or editing the most? Um, I would say my, my first love would probably be editing. Um, I love shooting a lot, too. Um, but the editing process, I feel, is is where I shine and where I have the most fun and you have the most creative freedom because the editing, overall, the editing is what determines the outcome because you could have some horrible footage, but you can edit it in a way to where it actually turns out really nice. Um, it doesn't matter how good the footage is. if it, it all depends on how it's edited. That's like the outcome depends on how you edit the thing. So... I, I do enjoy editing the most. And I know on YouTube, it's acceptable to do jump cuts. Uh, how do you feel about jump cuts? 
So a long time ago, I I hated jump cuts. Like when I was going to school, you would get graded down if you had a jump cut that was very obvious. Um, the like we focused a lot on making sure the editing was very smooth and that you that everything just seemed like it was edited the way it was supposed to be. Um, but in this day and age, everybody uses jump cuts, and I'm totally fine with it. Like I I have no problems with it. It makes the editing process a lot easier. Yeah, I've got no problems with jump cuts. Um, it was it was tough at first for me to to get used to doing the jump cuts just because it was burned into my head that like the jump cuts are a no no. It's very unprofessional. But nah, I'm I'm totally cool with jump cuts. So, do you have any claims to fame in your video production tenure? Well, it's funny you say that. I've uh, besides this YouTube channel, I previously had a couple other YouTube channels. And each channel had at least one video that kind of went viral. I guess it depends on what your definition of viral is. Um, but um, multiple thousands of views for some of the videos. Um, one of them was a channel that I devoted to adding a laugh track to scary or disturbing movie scenes. Um, those were a lot of fun to work on. Um, and the other YouTube channel that I have, it's more of like my, my personal life, family and friends and stuff like that. And when I proposed to my girlfriend, um, I did it in an elaborate way. I did it while disc golfing and my daughters were there. They did the, uh, my oldest daughter did the video recording for me. And uh, that was definitely one of the highlights of my life is getting that video captured of me proposing to my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife. Um, and that was uh, pretty pretty popular in the disc golf community. Nice. Any uh, books or anything that you've been featured in? Uh, it's funny you say that, too, because there is actually a film school textbook out there that mentions one of my videos from the 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 laugh track channel I was talking about where I add laugh tracks to horror movies and it's a uh, a textbook that is used by film colleges uh, film schools and it mentions my video as an example of uh, a way that audio can drastically change the mood and feel of a scene that was that was a very proud moment I when I found out that Something I did was featured in a textbook. I mean, come on. How many people have stuff yeah. in a textbook? Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive, man. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do a channel with you because I knew that you had a lot of experience uh, and have proven yourself as a pretty valuable video producer when it comes to all aspects of it. Oh, thank you. Uh, and, thank you. And so, yeah, definitely. I think that, um, you know, it's very impressive. Uh, I also know that, you know, through our friendship in high school and into college, it was always cool to be part of these videos that you made back then, uh, you know, when you were going from VCR to VCR and, you know, uh, uh, playing audio over certain parts. Like, it was so cool to see, and I had no idea what it was, and uh, it seemed like you you really owned that. So, that's awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. And I've got to say, the, uh, of the three channels I've worked on, this channel by far has been the most fun and I feel like the most rewarding. It's been a great time and I'm glad that you uh, wanted to get started with me to do this channel. It's been a great time and you've grown immensely as a video producer, shooter, and editor, I've got to say. Ah, oh, stop it. <laughs> You're making me blush over here, Webby. 
But uh, yeah, before things get too intimate here between us, uh, what, <laughs> what else do we have to talk about today? All right. Um, well, why don't we go ahead and talk about one of our favorite topics, pickleball. Ah, yes, pickleball. I yeah. do like pickleball. Yes, we do. Pickleball is great. Pickleball is fun. We've made videos about it. We've made songs about it. And now we're going to talk a little bit about it. Specifically, uh, this is around your experience. Now that the weather is getting nicer in Michigan uh, and you've been playing outdoors more lately, I'm hoping to get a little bit more of your perspective on what it's been like playing outdoors and the differences that you're starting to see. I know in last episode or the one before that, we talked about playing indoors, but now I wanted to focus more on outdoors and your experience with it. Yes, last time I felt I couldn't really give a a really good comparison and evaluation of my outdoor play versus indoor play because I had only played outdoors a few times and it was when I was brand new to the sport and didn't even totally know what I was doing at the time. But now the weather has been really nice in Michigan for the past month. I've been playing at least once a week outdoors. And uh, yeah, I love it. Outdoor play is pretty awesome. Um, there are still some things that I, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, it's been a little bit windy here and there, and the wind has been a huge factor um, so obviously playing indoors, the wind isn't a factor. So that's a plus on the side for indoor play. Um, but just being outdoors in the fresh air, there's just something about it that you can't get when you're playing indoors. And, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, there are definitely pros and cons to both. There are things that I definitely like more about indoor play. There are things I definitely like more about outdoor play. Um, but overall, I think I would lean towards outdoor play as the preference. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, my only indoor experience, as mentioned before, was when we played at that racquetball court converted into a pickleball court. So it wasn't the best experience uh, ever, but uh, I definitely enjoy playing outdoors. And I don't know if you guys saw or not, but Webby and I recently played outdoors. And we're going to post a link to that video somewhere up here. Or uh, it's here, probably going to be right there i think right, right there. there if you click right there you're probably that's probably a safe bet to click right there yeah go ahead and click there you can check out that video as well uh it was fun now there was one thing about outdoors that i noticed was especially prevalent playing in michigan versus florida and i think it's just because of how long the sun hugs the horizon as it sets but it seemed like if you were playing on uh what would that be the east side of the court you were at such a disadvantage because the sun was just ha you know, hanging over the horizon for so long. It would get in your eyes. You'd have to wear a hat or sunglasses. It seemed to really be kind of a kind of a, a, a poor experience playing on that side. Have you experienced that a lot? Yeah, definitely. Definitely at certain times of the day when you're on one side of the court versus the other, it you're definitely at a disadvantage. Um, but what people have done in the area that I played it is uh to to counteract that is once one of the teams reaches six points, um, you then give the option to the team that's losing to switch sides. So if the side that's losing, like let's say it's six to one or six to zero even, and the side that has the six points does not have the sun in their eyes, then you then have the opportunity to switch sides. That way it kind of evens things out, makes it a little more fair. And most people are fine with doing that. Okay. But yeah, that, that is definitely a factor and uh, one of the things that makes indoor 
play seem a little better around these parts. So are you saying that in Florida, you really don't have that problem too much? We definitely get it here. So, you know, we, we play a few nights a week on our courts in our community, but we have lights. And so typically we start at 630 and from 630 until about eight, you are dealing with a little bit of sun, but our courts face north and south. So it's it's just as equally bad for the teams on the north side as it is on the south side, where I noticed the courts that uh, that we played at last week are east and west. So it's drastically worse for one side than the other. I don't know which way I'd prefer, to be honest with you. I feel like, you know, y- your idea of the team that gets to six gives the option to the other team to switch if they want. It's probably not a bad way to do it. That way, at least one team has good play while the other one has poor play rather than both sides having kind of that sun setting on the you know side of your face. So right. What do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, now, one of the t- I, t- a couple weeks ago when I played, somebody that had never played outdoors was with us. Somebody that like exclusively has played indoors. And he, he just was not feeling it, the outdoor play. Um, the wind was kicking in a little bit, and then the sun was a factor. So, um, And I haven't seen him since outdoors, so I feel like he went back to indoor play and probably is going to stay indoors. Um, some people definitely prefer indoor, and I, I totally get it, um, not having to deal with, the, with the, uh, the elements. And I still want you to play indoors at a good place that has indoor pickleball just to see what you think because if you if you can find a good place to play indoors that has good lighting um it's it's pretty awesome because then you never have to worry about not being able to play because of it raining or it being too sunny so i still think you need to play indoors at a good place and i'd say so far my favorite place to play indoors here in michigan in the area that i'm at has been the mary lou murray rec center in ann arbor um, they have a, a really nice facility. Um, they usually have at least four courts set up. If there's nothing going on on the other side of the gymnasium, they can get up to eight courts set up. And that's actually where the uh, the first tournament I ever did, that's the location of where that was. And uh, that so far, that's definitely been my favorite place to play indoors. Okay. Well, I'll definitely give it a shot one of these times when I come up to Michigan. Uh, we'll, we'll find a place to play indoors. Uh, and just so you guys know... As a reminder, Webby and I are playing together in a tournament in July in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Very excited about that. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, I think wait. it's going to be a good time. Yeah. I wish we could practice together more often, but unfortunately, um, in the uh, the most recent video where we played together, that was going to be... That's it. That's That was our, uh, our last chance to play together until the tournament. It was our second time ever playing together. And our last time playing together until this tournament. That's like that's like the best way to go about doing a tournament, isn't it? Yeah, just like don't play it all together and then just show up to the tournament and hope for the best. That's a great strategy. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Yep. No, I think yeah. it's gonna turn out good. I think that, you know, all the experience that you and I are gaining as an individual uh is helping. And then, you know, it's just figuring out communication and how to play off each other, which I think we, you know, we made a lot of headway last week and we played. So very oh, excited for sure. about that. Yeah, no matter what happens, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a super fun time, a great experience. But I'm definitely in it to win it. Well, thank you for that. Anything else you want to talk about when it comes to outdoor pickleball play? Uh, that's all I've got for now when it comes to the outdoor pickleball play. Well, guess what, Wabby? What? That's the show. Oh wow! Already, already. Man. We want to thank you guys very much for watching. For the four of you that have stuck around, I feel like for every podcast we come out with, 
that's the number of people that stick around to this point. So now yeah. we have we have four people watching up to this point, which is pretty good. Yeah, and, and thank you to all four of you. And I know there's <laughs> got to be four of you out there. And thank Definitely. you. Thank you, you guys very you, much. You and you. Thank you very much. Yep. All four of you guys, <laughs> thank you. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback. As we proved today, if you leave feedback, it is likely to get discussed over or somehow brought up in this show. If you have a beer to recommend, please let us know. If you have a product that you would like for us to review, please let us know. Any comments, we love feedback, bring it on. If your feedback is negative though, and it's it's sucky, don't leave it. We don't wanna hear about it, only good stuff. Unless it's yeah. on Twitter. Tell us whatever you want on Twitter. We're... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares about Twitter. <laughs> but if you do want to follow us on Twitter, as well as Instagram, we are at Eddie and Webby. And that's it for the show. I'm Eddie. And until next time, this is Webby, not Eddie, signing off. See ya. Thank <laughs> you.